You're welcome to teaching ministry of Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye or IKEA Christian Center Global. Get set to be at the fire. The word works. Church, hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Today, I understand, is the birthday of Chisum. Chisum. Praise the Lord. Of Oikia Ikeja. Praise God. So, Chisum, I bought, I bought a cake for you. So, we're going to cut it after afternoon session. We will use that to break our fast first. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready for the word? So to, this one is going to be a short session. Quite short. Because we, um, tonight is the last night of CRC. Amen. And you all know how the last night of CRC usually is. Amen. Praise God. I know some people are planning to attend tonight. Then also, please, tomorrow, all right, Sunday is going to be in plantation, praise God. So please, let's make sure we are here early. We're starting by 8 o'clock. So let's plan all of that. So just take everything in. Look at him and say, take everything in. We are never the same after these meetings. I hope you know. Oh, you know we are not the same. After ah, Dickiness Messiah, how are you doing? Uh, we have a lot of people that are about, as in, married, that we are about to marry and all. All right, praise God. I just really hope that our husband doesn't take her out. Amen. I don't know. Is he a member of the church? He's not. Oh my God, another one. Huh? Wake up, brothers, please. Um, I need to have a conversation with you. Before I get into the word, marry, marry our sisters. They said, you, you don't have game. Oh, you're up your game to real long. Okay, let's go and buy a game for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God for the ones that stay do, and the ones that God brought into the church. By my, I don't want to lose the people. We have, ah, but my, my priority is their happiness. Amen. Praise the Lord. What can I do now? Amen. Glory to God. Pastor Laudu, a firebrand. Amen. Some people, some brothers are still waiting for God to show them something. They are waiting for angels to come and be dancing. We don't go by the sky. Oh, like my wife said, Pastor T said, I see. Hallelujah. Passive. Passive. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not relationship said now. So let's, let's move. <laughs> Genesis chapter number one. Let's do what we can do this, this afternoon session. Then tonight, I'll teach some more. Then we'll soak everything up. Oh, last night was so powerful. Oh, my God. It was so powerful. And this night is going to be even more, more powerful. Praise God. You know, more powerful. Genesis chapter number one, verse one. What does he say? He says what? You are not reading it too. Can we read one to go? It says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we said that God created a perfect world. He didn't create a world that was in chaos or in disorder. It was a perfect world. Then we saw that in verse 2, when he says, and the earth was without form and void, we saw that the Hebrew word there was what? Ayah. Ayah means to what? Become. So it communicates that something happened between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 that caused there to be that change. No, what I'm teaching is not, you know, this is something that is, you know, taught in theology. And if you have a Dick's Bible, some of what I've said is there. All right. If you go and if you have a Dick's Bible, I recommend everybody gets a Dick's Bible. Now, it's not every single comment in the Dick's Bible that I accept as theologically accurate. But the Dick's Bible is, they, I consider the Dick's Bible the best study Bible ever done. And it was done in the 60s. I do not believe that there is any Bible that is better than it. 
based on the depth of research that was done by Finney States. Okay? So, so we now have that. It says, and the earth was without form and void. So something happened, and we've explained all of this. All right? Praise God. Then we established yesterday also that there isn't just one heaven. That there are at least what? Three heavens. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2, Paul talks about having been caught up to the what? The third heaven. The third heaven implies that there is a second and there is a, sorry, there's a second and there is a what? The first. The first heaven is the one you can see, the atmospheric heaven. All right, the sky, Shamayim. All right, and the second is where, where you have demonic uh, forces operating from. While the third, that's the heaven of God. All right, now, it's not when you say first, second, third heaven. It's not saying heaven one, then over that heaven one, there's heaven two, over one, heaven two. Is heaven two. You understand what I'm talking about? No. All right, it's talking about realms. So the third heaven is the realm of the Holy Ghost, while the second is the realm of the, you know, of the um, evil spirit. Now, the question you may not ask is, did God create the second heaven to be the realm of the evil spirit? No, he didn't. All right, as a result of rebellion, they occupied that space. Hallelujah. They occupied that space. But we can't go into the depths of that today because that's not where I'm going. I want to just progress from where we left off last night. Hallelujah. That we also now establish something. Praise God. That in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 was a picture of what happened following Genesis chapter 3 when man sinned and man was exiled from the Garden of Eden. Remember we said that the Garden of Eden speaks about the presence of God. Remember that? Remember that? Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 13 calls Eden a garden and it calls Eden, Eden what? A mountain. All right, God's presence was there. We looked at 10 things about Eden yesterday. Remember that? Where we said that Eden had cherubims, angels that were in it. Okay, and we looked at um, the tabernacle of Moses which was a typology of the presence of God on the earth. And we saw that if you study the tabernacle of Moses and how it was built, all right, there were cherub cherubims, all right, on the mercy seat. Then also, if you look at the clothing that was used to uh, build the tabernacle, you'll find out that there were pictures of cherubs, all right, that were built into every single part of the clothing of the tabernacle of Moses, all right, which is pointing to the fact that, listen, this tabernacle you are seeing is a pictorial representation of where God dwells. So Eden and the tabernacle of Moses are pointing towards the same thing. Remember we talked about that yesterday. Church, do you remember we talked about that yesterday? Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So we now were able to say that before the fall, man was able to have an in-that fellowship with God. But in the first night, I explained that this man that had unhindered fellowship with God did not have eternal life, did not have the Spirit of God within him, even though he fellowshiped with God. Hallelujah. Because we said the first man, Adam, was made a what? A living soul. While the second man, Adam, was made a what? A life-giving spirit. So that means the first man, Adam, did not have eternal life, even though he was not guilty before God and he was innocent before God. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Then in a um, uh, previous series, I've taught that the significance of the tree of life, all right, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We said that the tree of life we representing or speaking of who? Of Christ, all right, the knowledge of Christ. All right, if you turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's turn in there quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, I just want to lay this background before we turbocharge into the future. Praise God. As I praise God, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Why you are opening it? If God has called you and you are sensing the call of God on your life, the first thing you need to do is to serve. Like Pastor Gigi was saying yesterday, serve. Serve. You know, many times, a lot of people interpret the call of God based on the environment they find themselves. So you find that a lot more people are hearing God call them to be apostles. Have you noticed that now? The reason why is because there are a lot of prominent apostles right now. All right, there was a time where a lot of people were hearing God call them to be bishops because of the period of Archbishop Bensi Idaosa. Then there was a time where a lot of people were hearing God call them to be prophets. Okay, so many times people hear and discern the voice of God based on what is prevalent in their environment. 
So most times you find that when people sense that God has called them, they immediately think that God is telling them to start a church. Why? Because of, you know, the environment. During the time of Apostle Babalola, many people, when they sense the call of God, did not hear God tell them to start a church. Most of them heard God tell them to be evangelists. Many of you that grew up here, if you are above 30, you will know that there, was, there are times, maybe if you're in a CAC church or in a redeemed church, most times you have one evangelist that they will invite. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. All right, because that's, so that's why it's very, very important for us to make sure that we spend time designing the voice of God correctly before we say God told us something. Hallelujah. Yeah, we must be very careful to design the voice of God correctly before we say God, God, God told us something. Because the thing is, the fact that something is successful doesn't mean that the person got it right. God is merciful. He can bless you, not your error. Bless you in your error, all right? In the hope that at some point, because the goodness of God leads to what? Repentance. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, why did I say she opened? All right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Let us read from verse 4. One, two, go. What does it say? In whom the God of this world that what? Blinded the minds of them which what? Uh-huh. Who is the what? To shine unto them. Okay. And verse 5, it says what? But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servant for Christ's sake. Verse 6, everywhere it says what? For God who commanded the light to shine out of what? Are shined where? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the... Is explaining Genesis 1 verse 2. Because Genesis 1 verse 2 is where God commanded the light to what? Shine out of darkness. And he's telling us that that light that shone out of darkness and that shine in our hearts is what? It's the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not abide in darkness. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light in Genesis. The man that comes to Jesus, all right, is lit up and is translated out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. Now, let's go to the teaching of today. <clears throat> Remember yesterday, we saw that the physical heaven had lights, okay? And we saw that the lights in the physical heaven speak figuratively, all right, of what? In the, in the invisible the angelic beings, you know, we looked at Psalm 148, turning to Psalm 148, let us build it back. Psalm 148, from verse 1 to 4. Psalm 148, from verse 1 to 4, what does it say? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the highs. Can we read verse 2? It says what? Uh-huh, verse 3. Praise him, sun and moon. Are you seeing that? Praise him, all ye stars of light. Uh-huh. Then now says verse 4. Praise him, ye heaven of what? Heavens, and ye waters that be above the heaven. So you see that the spirit personality he mentions in this heavens praising God is what? Angels, spirit beings. Then he goes to talk about moon, stars, and suns. So the moon cannot praise God. The star cannot praise God. You understand what I'm talking about? So he's using the... Um, terrest- uh, what do you call it now? The celestial beings, that is, the sun, moon, and stars, all right, to speak of angelic beings. You see the same thing in Psalm 8. Turn to Psalm 8. Psalm 8, chapter number, um, Psalm chapter number 8, from verse 3 to 9. Look at what it says here. Psalm 8, from verse 3, it says, When I consider what? Thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, it says what? The moon and the stars, which thou hast what? Now, he's talking about moon and the stars, but look at what he now says next. Verse 4 now says, What is man that thou art what? Mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him. Verse 5 now says what? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him what? With glory and honor. All right, verse 6. He now says that thou, hast, thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put what? All things on thy, including the sun, moon, and the stars. So the context of Psalm 8, when he's talking sun, moon, and stars, mentioning celestial beings, yeah, um, celestial bodies is actually talking about angels. You look at Hebrews chapter 2. In Hebrews chapter 2, what the writer of Hebrews is doing there is doing a contrast between Jesus and angelic beings. And if you look at, in Hebrews chapter 2, 
He quotes Psalm 8. Psalm Muna starts again, all right, is the allegory used. Look at it, Psalm AM, um, Hebrews chapter 2. We can start reading from verse 4 into 8. I just want to get this out of the way before I go where I'm going. All right, it says, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Verse 5, very, this is what? For unto the angels, hath he not put in what? The world to come, whereof we what? We speak. Verse 6. But one in certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art what? Mindful of him. Or the son of man that thou what? Visitest him. Seven. Thou what? Made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And this sets him over the works of the earth. Now, notice that he is quoting from somewhere. Eight. Are you seeing that? So he removes the sun, moon, and star in Psalm 8 and focuses on who? Angels. I don't know if you, are you getting that? Church, are you getting that? Uh-huh. Because many times, prophetically speaking, sun, moon, and star is talking about angelic beings because angelic beings are beings of light. Okay? They are beings of light. Their function is to give direction to the earth, to lead men to the will of God. That's the function of angels. That's the function of angels. I will show you examples of angels leading men to the will of God in Scripture. That's their function. Amen. Amen. Now, remember we said, don't worry, it's getting, we're entering it now. Praise God. How many of you have eaten beans? Well cooked beans. You know, at the beginning, you may not really feel it. But when you enter the middle portion of that beans, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Or even don't eat beans here. When you get to the, amen, where all the condiments, they've reached everywhere. Praise the Lord. So we are entering that middle portion of the beans. I don't want to remove the top of the beans away. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now let's get into this thing. So we said, the sun, moon, and stars are used as metaphors because they are luminary bodies. Praise God. You cannot see in the earth without the light of the sun. Is that correct? And you cannot see at night without the light of the world, of the moon. So they are to give illumination and direction so you can go about things on the earth. Are you getting this thing? Uh-huh. Good. So let's now go back. We've said that prophetically speaking, someone has started speaking of angelic beings. Now look at Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 14. What is the backdrop? We've explained. In Genesis 1 verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the physical creation. God created heavens. God created the earth. Everything in heaven, everything in earth, everything was like that. In Genesis 1 2, it now says something happened in that creation. That it was without form and void. It became without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Then the Bible says now, in God's um, what do you call it? Agenda of recreation. Moses is explaining to the nation of Israel. He says, the first thing God did was this. And God said what? Let there be light. So what God is doing is bringing about order into where there is what? Chaos. Don't worry. This session is very sweet. I'm just trying to get you ready. Listen. He's bringing order into chaos. Moses is now giving us the how of how God is bringing that order into chaos. The first thing he did was he introduced light. Let there be what? Light. That was the first thing he did. Because he's saying the first thing that we bring order into this chaos is what? Is light. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 tells us that that light is the revelation of who? Jesus. That's why in St. Luke's Gospel chapter 24 and 27, turn to St. Luke's Gospel chapter 24 and 27, look at what Jesus Christ said. Genesis was about. Luke 24, 27. It says what? And beginning at what? Moses. And in all the what? Prophets. He did what? Expounded unto them. The things concerning what? Are you seeing this? So, all right? The things concerning himself. Let there be light. Let there be the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let there be a revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and they were speaking about and trying to tackle him, Jesus said to them, he said, you believe in Moses. If you believe in Moses, you will believe in me 
Because Moses did what? Wrote of who? Of me. Which means Moses was the first person to introduce the light or revelation of what? Who I am. Moses was the first. So in that reordering, the first thing that was introduced was light. The revelation of light. But God now went to do something in his reordering. Praise God. Because you see, Genesis, the first day, second day, it's a progression that culminates in the seventh day. On the sixth day, we have God created man in his image. And we've said that that man that is created in the image, what he's talking about in Genesis 1.26 is the second Adam, not the first one. Remember that from yesterday. Remember that from yesterday. Good. So it means that the fulfillment of God's bringing back order into the chaos will be, the fulfillment will be when this man, this second Adam shows up. Who is Jesus Christ? When he shows up. But until that moment, Moses is saying this is what God is doing. Step by step. Now, he says the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. All those days are not 24-hour days. They are what is called in the Bible, ages. Everybody say ages. Ages. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 1. Let me come down. I can sense it. Everybody's serious. They're trying to get what pastor is saying. Yeah, I like it. I like that. Your brain is working. I can sense that your brain is working. You are following with your heads. Where's pastor going with this? Good. Can we read one to go? It says what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, everybody want to go. For by it the elders obtain. Verse 3, everybody read this is what? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by. Stop. That worlds there. Worlds. Notice it is in plural. It's not physical world, though. That worlds there is the Greek word aeon. A I O N. It means time frames. Time frames. It means dispensation. Everybody say dispensation. Dispensation. That's what it means. All right? Dispensation. So you will see things like ages to come. Or you see terms like end of the world. You know all those terms? End of the world. Foundation of the world. That is a dispensation. It's talking about a period of time. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you following? All right? Dispensation. Okay? So when he's talking about first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day, he's talking about aeons. So that's why the seventh day, we are in God's seventh day. Are you seeing that? So we are, the moment, listen, the moment Genesis 1.26 happens, hallelujah, praise God, all right? And that sixth day ended. That seventh day is the age of the church. Father, Lord, increase the spiritual IQ in the name of Jesus. Should I say it again? Good. Listen. Look at this. Genesis 1.26 is talking about the second Adam. Is that correct? The Lord from heaven. Is that correct? All right? Because he is the image of the invisible God. So when he says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, what God is saying, let us make God, amen, the image of God as man. Are you seeing this? So now we make this image of God as man, then let this image of God as man have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that, you understand? That's why in Hebrews chapter 2, he's telling us that in um, Psalm 8, God was talking about putting all things under, the, under men. But he says, we don't see all things under men. But in verse 9, he says, however, we see who? Jesus. Who was made a little what? Lower than the angel. So he's saying that Genesis 1.26 was fulfilled in who? In Jesus, not in Adam. Are you following? Uh -huh. So what Moses tells us in Genesis 1.26 that the moment you see that man, praise God, the moment God creates that man, 
this man that is in his image and in his likeness. And the moment you see that man and that all things are put what? Under him, God rests. Are you following? That the moment you see that man, the moment that man appears, glory to God, what God will do? And God rested on the what? Seventh day. Glory to God. How? Listen. I want you to listen to me. How many of you remember the argument of the writer of Hebrews about the nation of Israel? Where it says that the nation of Israel were not able to enter into the rest. Are you following? Now, if the rest had happened in Genesis 1, why were they trying to enter it? Are you following? What is he saying? What he's telling us is this. On the sixth day, God made the incarnation. Hallelujah. On that sixth day, the incarnation also became the last Adam in that he died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. After God was done with that, he rested. Praise God. God's plan is for all of mankind to come in at the sixth day through the image of God and enter their servants. Are you following? All right. Now, that transition from the sixth to the seventh is through faith. You have to believe in the image of God, who is Christ Jesus. All right. This is why even before Jesus came, men were entering that rest. Abraham entered the rest. Abel entered the rest. Are you following? They entered that rest because they believed on that man, Jesus Christ. Even though he was foreshadowed and he was still in the future. I don't know if you understand. Is that in Genesis 1? Now, where I wanted to show you, in Genesis 1, 14, let me show you this. Because we are going somewhere. Oh, by the way, did you enjoy Pastor T's teaching today? Hallelujah. I'm not just saying because she's my wife. I think she's one of the most amazing preachers of the gospel. Yeah. Her and all the wonderful female pastors we have. I was watching in the morning. I think Pastor Jenny was leading prayer. Have you seen Pastor Jenny's prayer? The leg cannot stay still. I think Pastor Ty was also, you know, you have Pastor Shea, Pastor Deb, Pastor Dara. Can I put our hands together to our female ministers? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, Genesis chapter 1, we are going somewhere. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. One of the materials I've used recently in my studies that can help you is a book written by a, a theologian. I don't just read pastors, I read theologians. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I read theologians because, you know, I like their works. Let me just say that. Praise God. His name is Michael Heiser. I rec he recently died. And when he died, I was so sad. I was really sad. Because I, I just got to know him last two years or something like that. And, he, and he's dead. <laughs> Praise God. You know, he wrote a book called The Unseen Realm. Beautiful book. Beautiful. The, the book opened my eyes to see certain things. I was like, ah! You know when you're like, yay! Where have you been all my life? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's continue reading. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Are we ready? Now let's read. It says what? And God said what? Let there be what? Let there be what? I'm going to shock you. You will see that in Genesis chapter 1, there was no mention of sun and moon. Praise God. We inferred that it was sun and moon. Praise God. Don't worry, I checked again today. Sun and moon is not there. <laughs> no, uh, let's read it now. 
He said, and God said, let there be what? Lights in the firmament of the heaven. To divide the day from the night. And let them be for what? Signs. And for what? Seasons. And for what? Days. And what? Yes. Verse 15, he says what? And let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven. To give what? Light upon the earth. And it was so. Next verse. 16. And God made what? Two great lights. The greater light to rule what? The day. And the lesser light to rule what? Then the only one he mentions is stars. He made the stars. Oh, sun and moon was not mentioned. Glory to God. <laughs> no, I'm sure many of you have said, it ask you, where did the Bible says sun and moon? You go here, right? But did God create sun and moon? Yes, he did. But they didn't mention sun by name, by name in Genesis 1. In Masoretic Test, in Greek Septuagint, in Samaritan Pentateuch, all the, is not there. This is what is there. Praise the Lord. Let us, let me show you something. Now notice. Pay attention. He said, and God made two great lights. The greater lights to do what? To what? To what? Notice, it says to rule. What does rule communicate to you? Talk to me. Dominion. So these people, this greater light, lesser light, is not the sun in the in the eye. Are you with me? Because is the sun ruling anything? No. Hallelujah. Rule. The same word. This word rule is when you say reign, like a king is reigning. Hallelujah. So how can you, you understand? But he now tells us, greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. So this shows us, because this is angelic beings he's talking about, this now explains something to us. It explains to us why you have a lot of activities of angels in the Old Testament. Because Following the fall of Adam, the pathway to the sixth day was going to pass through the age of angels. I'll show you. What that means is this. Man cannot access God directly anymore. For man to get a revelation from God, an angel is the one that we would give it to him. Glory to God. Let's, let's just look at scriptures. Acts of Apostles. Chapter number seven. Are you following so far? No, I'm not hearing. I said, are you following so far? Now, this is Old Testament, not now. Now, Acts seven. Let us look at verse 50. This is the sermon of... Uh, Stephen. Can we read one to go? Let us read. Psalm Acts 56 what? Mm-hmm. Guys, now read now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Continue. Yes. Uh-huh. 53, everybody read one, two, go. It says what? And have not what? How did they receive the law? How did they receive the law? By the what? God did not give the law directly. Are you seeing it? In Genesis chapter number two, the instruction to Adam came from God to him. But after man fell, when God wanted to relate to a nation, he related through who? Angel. Galatians chapter 3. And verse 18 to 19. What does he say? Let me read. He says what? For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by now, verse 19. Everybody read one, two, go. 
till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a... Are you seeing it? It was the age of angels. Now, why were angels brought in? Why? Why were angels brought in? Because God made the promise of eternal life to man from the beginning of time. Titus 1, 2 to 3 tells us that. But Adam, by his disobedience, rejected it in the garden. Are you following? So, there had to be a period of time to wait. Wait for what? For the fullness of time. Which is, the fullness of time is the sixth day. Glory to God. The sixth day. The sixth day is the dispensation of the Christ. When the Christ will come, put on flesh, die, rise from the dead, and bring us into what? Rest. Hallelujah. So, until that time, angel's job was to be leading man. Praise God. Leading men. Leading men. In the will of God. In the will of God. Until the time Jesus Christ comes. Then when Jesus Christ comes, what are those angels supposed to do? Point him out. Praise God. We will look at it. It's in your Bible. Let's see. Exodus. Is somebody learning something here? So is somebody learning something here? Let's look at angels and their activities. Exodus chapter 3. From verse 1. Yeah, by the way, my prayer for everybody here. You left your house on Easter. My prayer for everybody here. God says, my heart, is that God will count you worthy to serve in the ministry. My prayer is that, all right, I'm believing God that the reason why you are here, there's some call of God on your life. And, you know, that you are responding to. My prayer is that CRC will be that meeting where you have clarity. I can't hear your amen. amen. Clarity in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, can we read? No, now, can we read Exodus 3 from verse 1? He says what? Remember what we said about the things about Moses? Remember, first day, he was a priest of. Uh, he married, his, his father in law was a priest of. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came toward the mountain of God, even toward. All right, next verse. And the angel in a flame of fire, who appeared unto him? Who appeared unto him? Who appeared unto him? Was he God? Was he God? Who appeared unto him? Let's look at another scripture. <laughs> Praise God. Exodus 14, 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of what? Went from before their face and what? So listen, the angel, um, uh, what do you call it? The angel of Israel, all right, the Bible lets us know that at night, the pillar of cloud, at, at, during the day, there was a pillar of cloud that was leading them. At night, the pillar of cloud became what? A pillar of what? Fire. So you will say, that's a cloud. The Bible will say it was an angel. Are you seeing that, this thing? Moon, stars, sun, cloud, fire, angel. Are you feeling this? Aha, good. Let's continue reading. Another scripture. Glory to God. Say, I'm learning. Look at verse 20. What does he say? Exodus 14, 20. It says what? And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, for it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Ah! Hallelujah. Ah! Hallelujah. Note something. I want you to just know something. Know something. That by the time Moses wrote the book of Genesis, this had already happened. Which means his audience understood what he was saying. I, I, are you with me? Because by experience, they had seen it. Hallelujah. All right. Now, let's look at another example. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. Exodus 23, verse 20. What does he say? Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to what? Bring thee into the place which what? 
are unity. So that means what the angel's job was, was to be a light to guide them into the will of God. Are you following? Now, if you look at Matthew chapter 2, in Matthew chapter 2, from verse 2, you find that the three wise men, they saw a star, correct? Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. Now, uh-huh. saying, where is, let's start from verse 1 to get the context. Matthew 2, 1, it says what? Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Notice he didn't say three wise men. He said wise men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wise men. So that means they were in plenty. You know, they didn't give us. Do you know why I said three wise men? Jehovah's Wickedness book. That yellow book. Yeah. Where is it that is born? King of what? The Jews. For we have seen what? He star in the east. And I come to worship him. He doesn't know what he said. Okay, now let us look what it says in verse 9. Matthew 2, 9. About this. He said, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where what? The young child was. I hope you know this is not a normal star. This is an angel. So this is an angel in the sky that appeared as a light. Praise God. Giving light to the earth. Amen. And the wise men followed it, followed it, and he led them to God's will. Are you seeing this? Uh, so the job of angels is to lead men to God's will. Even in the New Testament, we see that same thing happen. In Acts of Apostles chapter 10, turn in there. Just... Just take 10 more minutes. Hallelujah. You have to manage time because I know you have to go and break your fast. Praise the Lord. Now, can we read one to go? It says what? There was a certain man in Caesarea called what? Cornelius. A centurion of the bad called what? The Italian bad. Uh-huh, next. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much as to the people and prayed to God always. Now, read. He says in the verse 3, it says what? He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, uh-huh. And when he looked at him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms are come up for a memorial before God. Verse 5, he says what? And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon who saw. So you see, the angel of God directs him to the will of God. Now, what was... Satan's own. Satan ceased to be an angel of God when instead of leading man to the will of God, what did he do? He led man again. So instead of being a light to the earth, he became dark. Are you following? He became darkness to the earth. Praise God. Let me show you another scripture. Turn your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. I share this with you doing LMM and doing crossover service and doing the series War Cry. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Are you learning something here? Uh-huh. Light. Light is direction. Direction. So what angels do, their role is to lead men to the will of God. The moment an angel or you have an appearance of any being that is directing attention to himself, you have seen a fallen angel. Praise God. It's the same way when you see any minister that when they are doing their administration, they are calling attention to themselves. A strange spirit is at work. It's either a strange spirit or the minister is being overrun by the flesh. Because the true spirit of Christ Points attention to who? Jesus. That's what he does. Not me. Christ. 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 Everybody say Christ. He points away from yourself to Jesus. Amen. Now, look at the Jeremiah 32. Angels were handed over the governors of the world for a time. When man fell, angels were handed. They were the one ruling. Ruling. 
All right? So you had territories controlled by God's angels. Then you had territories that were controlled by what? Fallen angels. Based on the men who chose. I will show you from the, from the scripture. And look at Deuteronomy chapter 32. From verse 6. Are you there? I'm going to read one to go. It says what? No, no, everybody read louder. It says what? Do ye toss? Is not he thy father that had bought thee? Had he not made thee and established thee? Verse 7, everybody read. It says what? Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. Verse 8, everybody read. It says what? When the most high, their inheritance. When he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Now, you know, I've shown this before. Now, can we read this in the RSV, NIV, quickly? RSV, NIV, which one do we have? Or ISV? Which one do we have, quickly? This, no, no, we, have, we should have RSV or the Living Bible. The Living Bible. CLB, do we have that? Which one is this? This is New Revised. Uh -huh. Now, can we read it? Once ago, it says what? When the Most High apportioned the nations, when he divided humankind, he fixed the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the gods. Can you see that? Now, let's look at the Living Bible. The Living Bible. Can we read this one? Now, it says, when God divided up the world among the nations, he gave each of them a what? Supervising angel. Can you see? Can you see? So he gave each of them angels to guide them back to himself. Are you seeing it? That was their role. To guide them back to himself. So that, though they are in their rebellion, the work of these angels was to get them back to himself until Christ shows up. Are you following? But what happened was, because men were still in their rebellion, they rather chose to serve fallen angels. So look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. Are you learning something here? <laughs> see, CRC is not where you come to be learning ABC. Amen. We, we, we want to go higher in the world here. Amen. Amen. Uh -huh. We want answers to questions. We have service where we say, you will rise. Amen. Don't worry, we do that one tomorrow. We stand in the prophetic God. We, we also stand in teaching gift. Yeah, please, yeah. You, need to learn, you need to know the word of God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, you know, that I must warn you. If you are in Oikia, it will affect the level, the kind of sermon you can enjoy. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There are some sermons you will not enjoy again. Because when you talk here, you're like, hmm. Hallelujah. Because your level of discernment has gone up. So you don't put just anything inside your mouth. It's only a child that puts everything inside. A child wants to put nail inside mouth. Home. Don't be that kind of Christian. Every minister of the gospel cannot be blessing you. You honor them. You honor the grace of their life. But you cannot say, ah, ah, you heard the word. I was talking one one person. Remember our church? The person was talking about, oh, the portals, the ascension. I was like, ah. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you? Where did you learn this one from? Amen. I said we were born in the Garden of Eden. You are talking of water. Glory to God. You live in the presence of God. You are not ascending anywhere. Don't worry. By the grace of God, I'm still going to get into the room. I've met many of these people, influential people in the kingdom that are doing all this, this stuff, saying all this stuff. Praise God. Some of them I talk to, we will get them on side very soon. So that their vocabulary will be adjusted. I know what they are trying to say. 
What they are trying to say is they are talking about the manifested presence of God. They are talking about that place where you are conscious. That's what they are saying. Well, listen to me. When you get conscious of the presence, it doesn't mean you entered anything. Are you with me? The butterfly is in that. You know, when they went to metamorphosis, they said they, from egg to lava, from lava to pupa, to pupa to. The adult is in the egg. That's always been there. The fact that you didn't see it does not mean it wasn't there. So when you got conscious of the presence, what happened was you manifested what you already have. Because you are the temple of the living God. The presence is coming out of you. When we come to church like this, why do we feel the presence of God so strong? It's because when you start singing and manifesting the presence of God, and I start manifesting the presence of God, and everybody starts manifesting the presence of God, we now have a corporate presence. There is now a cloud of glory that fills the space where we occupy because we are all together the temple of God. Hallelujah. We must change and move away from the Old Testament mindset of entering somewhere. It's Old Testament that they are entering tabernacle with blood. I enter the holies of holies. I enter to the blood of the Lamb. You are entering. Yes, when you got saved, that is when you entered. Why did you come out? Why did you come out? Who told you you came out? Hallelujah. Jesus says, no man comes to the Father but by me. After we come, we never left. Ah, ah. He said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. When he died, when he was buried, when he rose from the dead, he brought us to that place by the Holy Ghost. We are seated at the right hand of the Father right now. We don't need to pay rent. Nobody's evicting you. So why are you talking about entering there? I want to enter. I ascend to the mountain of the Lord. I ascend by the portal of the Spirit. What are you talking about? When men ascend, they ascend. I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what are you talking about? We were born there. I said we were born there. We were born there. We were born there. He didn't say we are coming to Mount Zion. He said you are come. Hallelujah. You are come to Mount Zion. You have come to the city of the living God. The blood of Jesus paved the way once and for all. We have entered. Hallelujah. Not Seven steps to entering the presence. Number one, thanksgiving. Number two, sowing seeds. Number three, living holy. Number four, this one. I don't have, I don't know the other one. Number five, break generational causes. Number six, number seven. Only one step, bro. Believe in Jesus. Amen. When you believe in Jesus, you enter into him. If any man be in Christ, Christ is our destination. He's our last bus stop, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We entered in. We're not ascending anywhere. There is no height higher than Christ. Hallelujah. We're sitting there, fellowshipping there, eating there, drinking there, ruling from there. Glory to God. Oh, you sin? Congratulations. You have been forgiven. You shouldn't sin. But sin can't kick you out of there. Because sin once made man an exile from the presence of God. So what did God do? God fabricated, constructed, planned, and executed salvation such that if any man accepts that gift, God will never lose him again. God is not about to experience the heartbreak of a man in exile anymore. So God has factored in that man's mistakes. Praise God. The man's mistakes, the man's sins. He said, look, 
I will, even before you, I have forgiven you. But so that you don't live your life in sin because the only thing that is there is death. I have put myself, my spirit inside of you. Then I have given you my nature. My desires are now your desires. All right? My wants are now your wants. Hallelujah. The fire in me is the fire in you. All right? The passion in me is the passion in you. Walk as a son that I have made you to be. That's what he has done. Praise God. And I'm out of time. Hallelujah. Don't we continue in the evening? Don't I have more time during the evening? Have you been blessed? Have you been blessed? I said, have you been blessed? I want to teach you something against Holy Ghost meeting. This is how you do it. Let me teach you how you rejoice. Listen. The Bible says about Jesus. In Luke 10, 21, it says, And Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, so there is a connection between rejoicing and words. Praise God. Amen. So for example, we go and say, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. Glory! Are you seeing that? You are tying your action in the spirit to a revelation. Are you seeing that? All right? I'm the eating of the Lord. Glory! You are tying it to revelation. Amen. Amen. The life of God is at work in me. Glory! Glory to God. Glory to God. So that's for this evening. Glory to God. Now, we close and say this. No, no. In the Old Testament, in the dispensation of angels, under the law, the lights were the angels. But where we read yesterday in Revelation, when he talked about heavenly Jerusalem, the city the Bible says we have come to, what does he say? He said there was no light there. The lamb is the light thereof. So now, our direction, our clarity does not require any intermediary. It's just us and Christ. Nothing separating us from him. Nothing standing between us and him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't talk less than who you are. In your songs, we must sing redemption. No, 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 no. Oh, Lord. I'll choose you again and again. I'll choose you again and again. You mean so much to me, dear Lord. I'll you didn't choose him. He's the one that chose you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said 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 hallelujah. 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 Listen. So we sing redemption. Because as we are singing, listen, as we are singing, we are meditating. 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 Hallelujah. We are meditating on what he has done. We should put choir. Take the revelations. Put it in a song. Put the beats, every single thing. Then we come and sing it. And we meditate on it. We meditate on it. We meditate on it. We meditate on it. As we sing it, the power of God is unleashed in meetings. We meditate on it. Are you following? We cannot be singing things that are not true. Praise God. We cannot be singing things and the Lord is saying, I, I, I really, is talking about, I need to send them a Bible teacher. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is of singing, I'm ascending, we are sent. We are sending, Lord, ascending into you. We are sent, we are sending, Lord, through the portal that you gave. No, we don't sing that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll be singing songs like, We manifest your presence. We glorify your holy name. 
for this place is filled up with your presence, Lord. We charge up the atmosphere. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, we charge up the atmosphere. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more messages, kindly search for our Telegram channel using the link t.me slash God has blessed you.